really tapping into the mindset of just like just me being out here is an accomplishment number one and if there's other girls that look like me that see me doing this then hopefully they get encouraged to do something like this too and do it better hello and welcome back to the next episode i am so glad you guys are here today it is part one of a two-part mini-series again of an epic adventure that six women went on running from boston to new york city in 11 days it connected two major cities in the united states in a project that was never done before. So these six women ran 560 kilometers or 350 miles in 11 days, which breaks down to an ultra a day. So I'm talking to two of them. Today we talked with Mirie about her adventure, but what you're gonna find is it's not so much about just the miles they put on, everything that goes in it. So these women didn't know each other before, but Obviously, they saw each other at their very worst very quickly, and it was about how they supported each other and how they achieved something amazing. So Falk Sport selected six ladies with diverse backgrounds from across the world to do this experience together, and we got to just follow along and hear how it went. And it was emotional, it was epic, and beautiful, and a lot of road, and a lot of trail, and um, a variety of skill levels too. So there was a lot of really cool things going on in this adventure. Mie is also an athlete, and a coach, and a community builder, and a public health professional. She's based in Los Angeles, and she aims to connect people to the communities around them so that they can all learn, grow, and thrive. And she began her running journey after she was diagnosed with lupus in 2013. And you can find her on Instagram or her website, and I will link to both of those in the show notes, and I will let her tell the rest of her story in just a second. I want to thank everybody for leaving ratings and reviews. And I have now started to do some solo podcasts on the Patreon. So if you want to check those out there, you can find that on my Instagram at hillsport55 in the link. And one of them is uh, my journey to attempt my second road marathon at a PR pace. And I will talk all about that in the Patreon if you want to go find it. And the fourth time a man commented on the likelihood of me doing that when they asked what my goal was happened yesterday. So I will share also that experience because it's kind of wild now. Uh, anyways, training's going well. So we'll get into all of that and strength training and everything over there, as well as all the backlog of episodes. So that is my teaser for that. Okay, that's it for now. Here is Mireille. All right, welcome back to the next episode of the Trail Running Women podcast. I'm really excited today. I have one of the women who ran on an epic journey from Boston to New York City in 11 days, an expedition that connected two major cities in the United States in a project that was never done before, put on by Falk. Today, my guest is Mireille, a coach, an athlete, and a community builder and public health professional based in Los Angeles. She was one of the runners on this epic journey and also has an amazing story yourself. So I'm excited to get into all of these things. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Hillary. Excited to be here. Yeah. So first of all, like I was saying before the show, let's start out with a bit <laughs> about your story. I mean, it's pretty amazing how you found running and, and what you've been to. So been through, sorry. So how old were you when you started running and, and what brought you to it? Well, I was in high school, to be honest. I did start with track a little bit, um, though I did not like running at all back then. I 
I feel like I've been an athlete my whole life, but I definitely gravitated more towards um, like dancing, you know, hip hop and volleyball and all those little things running, you know, just felt really hard. And I remember being in middle school, like even further back, like just not enjoying, you know, doing those one mile time trials or laps around the the schoolyard. Um, but I joined track so I could hang out with my friends. You know, we were at that age where we didn't quite have to do regular PE. So I was like, okay, let me, let me just try this to socialize, you know, um, did the short distances, hurdles and sprints and kind of said, you know, I thought that that'd be all I do running wise until I got into college and I was an exercise science major. So I think the combination of learning the mechanics and, you know, physiology and all that stuff that goes into activity, um, almost reignited like my passion for running though I'd say it was like you know more of a small flame back then (laughs) Um, but that is when I started to like explore you know a 5k 10k and um, strength training working out more all of that stuff so it started again in undergrad um, until I think maybe my junior year or so when I got lupus and then that brought everything to like a halt. So no physical activity for two years, I want to say, until I got clearance to work out again. So I always like to say like in in this iteration of my running journey as an adult, it's been about seven years or so. Um, but it's been seven years of just like figuring out like what my body's doing, how to move again, all these different factors. Wow. Okay. So that is a lot. I mean, first of all, I didn't realize that was your major and that's very cool. I wish yeah. I could just ask you questions for an hour. Um, but talk us through, I mean, especially at that age when things are kind of challenging and you're finding yourself anyways, um, when you're starting to learn more about the benefits of exercise, obviously getting back into running, it sounds like, and then what started to happen that you started to realize something might not be right before you got your diagnosis? I started waking up with a lot of joint pain, which is so irregular for me. Um, like literally wake up in bed and couldn't move for about 20 minutes because I just felt stiff. You know, my hands were clenched. It hurt to like bend my knees. It like, I, I had to wait for everything to relax before I got out of bed. Um, I started having trouble like with temperature regulation. Like it could be a warm day outside. I could be holding a warm drink, but my hands would still be like blue and freezing. Um, so that was off. <laughs> It really hurt to walk around campus at certain times too, um, so let alone running. So running or just physical activity just became painful. Um, so when I went to a clinic at first, they thought it was like, you know, rheumatoid arthritis or junior arthritis yeah. um, because I was like 22 at the time. It seemed weird that, you know, my joints would be hurting that much. Um, so we went with that diagnosis for a while. Um, while still doing a lot of blood tests, things like that. The thing about like autoimmune disorders is like, there's no set of um, symptoms really that you're looking for. It can look like a bunch of different things and you, it's really just a process of narrowing things down. So, you know, the first thing was like, Oh, maybe it's arthritis turned out not to be arthritis. Um, It took about a year to get a final diagnosis. And by, by that time I, we learned that, you know, I had blood clots and who, my hands were like, because of the blood clots, you know, had, how do you say it? Like the gangrene type thing. Yeah. So almost losing my fingers. Um, definitely was not working out at the time. It was just like, 
every time I would walk for 20 minutes or so, my legs would just get swollen and painful and I'd have to like sit down. So just getting around campus was again painful. And yeah, it was a tough time. No kidding. That must've been terrifying. And a year at that age just, just feels like so long too, not knowing what's wrong, especially as you're learning all of this stuff. That's like complete opposite of not exercising. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It was like a complete 180 from like the uh, faster paced lifestyle that I was used to. I, I was definitely like a, you know, type A perfectionist um, needed to be taking the hard classes needed. Like I needed to be taking the hard classes. I needed to be working. I needed to be like with my dance team, but also like running or so doing way too many things at once. Yeah. Um, I think that was definitely one of the culprits was just like never knowing how to uh, slow down. Yeah. <laughs> and everything catching up to you at once. Totally. Right. Like if you don't take that rest, your body has a way of just forcing making you, it, making you do it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I find that I'm sure as a coach, you find that with athletes now too, that sometimes you get athletes that it's almost more important that you're telling them to take a down week than it is to exercise for sure. Right. So obviously you have a very driven personality that can kind of go after whatever you want. I mean, I can tell Mm -hmm. that within six minutes of chatting with you. (laughs) So you get this diagnosis. How did you go about deciding like, okay, I'm not going to let this control the outcome of my life and I'm going to do the things I love to do and I'm going to take control. What were the steps like? Yeah. I mean, I think making that decision is still so tough at that age. Like I definitely had those thoughts, you know, I was in the ICU for about a week, just kind of, uh, figure out like, am I going to go back to school this semester or what's that going to look like? And I remember thinking like, okay, this is my chance to like make a change, but (laughs) it was, I still found it so hard because I was still very much hard headed at the time. I was like, oh, maybe I will, do the same thing I was doing and say like, oh, I can't overcome this, but despite the lupus, as opposed to um, what I wish I'd done earlier, which is just say, kind of checking with myself and ask myself, you know, are the things I'm currently doing really that important to me? Like, are these my actual goals or are these goals like imposed on me? Yeah. Um, So that took a long time to figure out. And that's such a wise comment though. You're right. Like how old you now? I uh, I just turned 32 last month. So yeah, like you're still even young for that. (laughs) (laughs) And so I'm just now sort of feeling like now I'm doing what I wanted to do. But um, from that diagnosis up until now, it's like I've made like little shifts, you know, I learned to listen to myself um, better, listen to my body, but it wasn't, it wasn't as immediate as, (laughs) I don't know if I wanted to be immediate too, but it just wasn't, it wasn't as quick a shift. It it really took, um, slower methodical steps and, you know, just more learning and more mistakes along the way too. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's pretty inspiring. I, I love all that. Cause that's such a thing now in life to just really get your priorities. Cause there's a limited amount of time and it's so easy to get caught up, especially in the trail running world, even actually like right down to feeling like in order to be a runner, you have to do like an ultra or something instead of just like if a shorter distance fits your life, you're still equally a runner. Like that seems Mm -hmm. to be such a theme I'm finding. Obviously yours is a big, bigger scale, but I do find that such a common kind of trait. Yeah. That's my mindset too. It's like, I don't want someone to look at this expedition and think that's going to be the goal. It's like, I hope they just look at it as they can take a step forward more like you don't have to run from Boston to New York. It'd be cool, but you can also just start with like a trail 5k or whatever. Like you said, it's comfortable for you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. 
So let's get into the expedition a bit. I mean, I've read all the things that <laughs> I could on it, and I still am sort of like, I want to piece it together a little bit and hear the story behind what it was like for you guys. So give us kind of the elevator pitch of what you six women did and what the kind of goal of this was. Mm-hmm. So me along with five other women. So in six total, we had three women from the U S and three women from uh, the Europe slash UK area. Um, Falke is a German based brand and so they wanted to put together this expedition um, around, you know, kind of women's empowerment, bringing these six different women women together that were, you know, different skill levels, um, different backgrounds, and just kind of see how we did on this expedition. Like the the day we landed in Boston was the first time all of us were meeting, pretty much. Um, a couple of the, the 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 European girls like knew knew each other, knew of each other, but for the most part, you know, between the runners and the crew, it's like you know everybody was new to, to everybody else. So that was also always an interesting dynamic. And then literally a day later, we were you know starting with day one. Um, the routes were mapped out to be, you know, kind of point to point moving from Boston down to New York. And in, I think people had the misconception that it was a relay, you know, like maybe one of us was running a 10 K and we tagged the other in and that wasn't the case. It was like, we knew what the mileage was each day. And then it was up to, you know, us individually to, to, to run to our best abilities that day. There were, there were, there were women that covered the entire distance um, all 11 days. So pretty much an ultra every day. And then there was me who, who like I started with the ultra and then the next day I listened to my body. And I was like, okay, maybe a half is more, you know, manageable today. So I would run a half and then an ultra and then kind of, kind of decide day to day based on where my skills were and uh, abilities. And, but at the end, like, you know, basically everybody was still supporting each other because we were in an RV, so it's like there was nowhere much to go. It's a very intimate setting, um, crash course, and just like be- being friends. And, you know, when runners get to a certain point, it's like, oh, we have injuries. Oh, we, you know, we're hungry, we're tired. And how do you deal with all that, you know, with people you just <laughs> Oh, my gosh. that That's so funny. Like, I didn't even think of that. But we talk on this podcast a lot about if you're going to go on – a 50k training run day like you really have to pick the person that you run with because yeah. Yeah. they have to know what you're like in your high and your lows and stuff but this is just a completely different level um mm-hmm. so what were some of the biggest challenges you found because you're not only dealing with the dynamics of other people who are maybe feeling their absolute worst on this like multi-day event but mm-hmm. also how you react to them when you're not feeling your best. So that's like, yeah, yeah, both sides of it are really tough. Yeah. So we, we were paired up uh, for the most part uh, based on like kind of like speed and skill level. Um, Like we had like two ladies that were pretty much, you know, mountain runners. So they were, they, you know, were crushing it. Um, I think I, for, for me personally, when I get in a situation like that, I'm really much of a observer you know, um, and because these were people, these were people that were new to me. It's like, I, I'm not gonna, you know, be angry or start fights or things like that. I'd rather just kind of sit back and see like, Oh, how they, how, how do you do when you feel like this? What is your response to, to your fatigue and things like that? Um, so maybe, I, maybe I felt, maybe I seemed pretty quiet at times, but it was really just me just one controlling my own emotions because, you know, I started missing home a bunch. I mean, I didn't fly from Europe for this, but still it's like, you know, I'm away from 
my my room, my bed, people I want to be with for for an extended period of times, and I'm taxing my body day in and out. So it's kind of like, how do you tap into like your own like Buddha nature? I want to say and um, keep things zen. Um, but I I one thing I noticed is like you know it's not just the us ladies that were affected, even though we we were running, it was like the crew as well because they are also making sure that each day we are at our, at our healthiest and. Um, if, if one of us was upset, you know, they have to be the one to like try and mediate, get us to talk. Um, and you know, we had a, I'm not sure if you were, but we had like a camera crew the whole time too. So just imagine like <laughs> some of the worst moments just being like, how do you feel right now? And I'm just like, what? <laughs> it was a lot going I feel on. not good. Go away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The more I like say these things, I was like, wow, it was a lot going on. I'm just like, I just got off the Appalachian Trail. You want to know how I'm doing? I want to go home. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm tired. <laughs> so, but they, I mean, all they asked of us was like to give our best and just to be, you know, as honest as possible um, the entire time because they, I think they also had the feeling that just doing this expedition um, would bring more people into the sport. Um, and just, yeah, open the sport up to too many more women who maybe weren't accustomed to seeing, you know, six, a group of six women um, doing something like this together. Yeah, for sure. I don't think, I mean, I've interviewed a lot of kind of these projects, but it's never been a group like this. Um, mm-hmm. There's always one person that decides to take this on and they handpick their crew, which as you said, is just a completely different thing, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm curious it is 11 days. That's a long time. Like, I feel like a week mm-hmm. is, you can kind of get your mind around 11 feels long. So yeah. is there any tools that you have that perhaps you use in races as well to kind of get yourself through that mentally when you're mm-hmm. thinking like, oh my God, it's been two days and there's eight days left. How do you deal with those oh, moments? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, for sure. I think my, my, my day was like day five <laughs> in the video. I remember saying like, what is it? Day five? Well, okay. <laughs> just being like, cool. Um, but no, I think, oh, having, um, our routes kind of like, you know, pre-done and segmented for us helped mentally, um, just because we could only focus on what we could do that day. Like you can't be in day three and be thinking like, I just got to get through this because you know, we got to get to day seven and things like that. It's like in situations like this, you really just have to do your best to adjust with what comes at you. Um, Even on the day of like, there could be a day where you, where you had a certain route plan or training um, that you were going to do. And then something comes up and you have to decide like, do I do the full thing or do I kind of hold back and stop now because it's going to make things worse in the long run. So even those situations where we were running and we could kind of feel like, Oh, this ankle issue is popping up. Do we stop? Which we had full, you know, capabilities to, because you have to think long-term, like you're not going to go all out on, on day six, knowing you have six or seven more days to go that are going to be on your feet. Um, deciding in the moment, is it better to, to rest or do you actually feel okay to keep going? So I'd say probably just focusing on the task of that day, but being ready to make any adjustments that you, that you need as it pertains to like your health. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's smart. Just keeping everything kind of in perspective. Right. And Mm -hmm. that probably helps you from getting too over emotional too, because you're kind of stuck in the administrative or logistical mindset. And that I feel like sometimes in races, 
and maybe this was the case for you guys, that that almost helps you because it holds this like crazy emotional stuff back. And then when you cross the finish line, that's why it just like all comes out because your body can kind of just relax. Did you guys find that all at the end that it was just super emotional? Oh, geez. I cried day one. (laughs) (laughs) And I didn't, it's like you said, I did not expect to, like we finished, um, day one I remember was from Boston to Hudson. So we finished the 50K um my partner Jeffy and I were like the the last two girls to come in it took us like seven something hours you know just on your feet and I totally did not expect to cry and I was like oh wow that really took a lot I cried (laughs) I cried on the first day and the very last day (laughs) um just from again not expecting it just I thought I would just feel like relieved to be done but you know just something inside you kind of switches and yeah yeah you definitely you definitely don't know how you truly are until you like fully stop. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. So what about the terrain? Tell us a bit for people who aren't from that area. Um, We have a lot of listeners on kind of the Pacific Northwest and even down into California. So we've heard about the Appalachian trail, obviously what, Mm -hmm. and it looks like you guys were a mixture of road and trail. What was the terrain Mm -hmm. like? Um, The first two days I wanted two or three, maybe were uh, primarily road. Um, with some dirt paths. So we did have some, you know, relief on our, on our feet and stuff running on dirt paths. Um, and then switching back to, um, the road, we didn't, we kind of stuck to like the more suburban areas. Um, cause I, we didn't want to, you know, keep dealing with traffic. As I said, we had the crew. So there was usually, um, one of the guys on the bikes with us or even running alongside us. And it just made things a little smoother to, to, to go across, um, so the, that was the first end cap was mainly road and dirt paths. And then we got into, um, parts of the seven sisters trail for a couple of days, which was really nice. It was like the thing, like I grew up in LA, so fall foil foliage is not something that I'm used to seeing. Oh, cool. And we had so much of that during this time. Um, so seven sisters was, uh, my first time being on there, of course, um, very wide path. You know, we saw a lot of people hiking or maybe jogging themselves. Very beautiful. Um, and then we got into the Appalachian for, I want to say four days or so, four and a half days. Um, and that was, that was like, you know, almost a dream. It's like the Appalachian is something I've dreamed about just hiking. Never thought I'd be trying to run, walk and hike through it, um, to get through the different segments, but super beautiful, uh, wrapping my mind around, you know, you're like crossing state lines, um, on this trailhead, you're seeing people, uh, also hiking through hikers going through as well. Um, it's beautiful. There was a day where it rained and then the next couple of days after we're just like super humid too. So, but just to see that contrast from like regular weather to what it looked like after the rain was also super fun because it, we got the fog in, we got just, we felt like we could see like different plants and even like looking at the plant changes as you get into like the Connecticut area and things like that was super fun. Um, definitely challenging for me. I think this is something that I mentioned in one of the videos is too, is like one of the things I definitely learned is like, I need to work on my climbing. Like it was not, (laughs) not fun (laughs) to start most of the days with like, you got to go up so you can even out and then go down, you know? So it's like also my mind kind of taking notes on like what I needed to, to fix during my training when I got back home. But, um, Appalachian was, was super nice. Um, and then we, I was, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I was pretty happy when we got back to the road. I felt like I was more, uh, in my element, so to say, um, just because I, 
I do trail run out here, but you know, I don't have anything like the Appalachians out here. The close, if I want to get to that level, then I'm going out to like uh, St. Gabriel's, uh, Angeles National sort of thing. So it also reminded me that maybe I should be touching base with those with those ranges a little bit more too. Yeah, that's really wondering. That's uh, wondering. That's really <laughs> interesting. That's what I was wondering because I've run a little bit down in California, and it feels like a lot of the trails are quite groomed. And obviously, I haven't run anywhere. Um, mm-hmm. And that there's elevation, but I wasn't sure if it would be like a total shock to the system as far as terrain and mentally as well, because if it's more technical and more climbing, you're also mm-hmm. used to being like, Oh, okay. 50 K is going to take me X number of hours. And then suddenly you mm-hmm. have to add on seven hours and you're just like, what am I getting into? Right. Right. Yeah. This is something I had mentioned to, to Chavi too. It's like, I'm used to, like I can trail run, but this is not the trails that I usually run. So I just had to adjust. And it was my first time, you know, using trekking poles for the first time also. So just building all these different skills, like on the go. And um, I think what was important in those moments was like, not to let comparison, like rob me of my experience too, because, you know, there were girls that were crushing it like each day on the Appalachian. And I was like, I would be struggling. I would be lucky if I just did two checkpoints that day. So uh, really tapping into the mindset of just like, just me being out here is an accomplishment, number one. And if there's other girls that look like me that see me doing this, then hopefully they get encouraged to do something like this too and do it better. Just want to take a quick second to talk about our newest sponsors. First one is Oladance Earbuds. So these are open earbud design, which means they're truly comfortable and amazing for podcast listeners, runners, and music listeners. If you are listening to more than two hours a day, these are for you. They never enter the ear, so there's no ear fatigue. They're anti-hear loss, meaning that they're perfect for podcast or music listening while you are running, exercising, cleaning the house, or whatever it is that you're doing, but they fit securely and stay firm on your ears. They also have a three times bigger dynamic driver, meaning that it is a wearable stereo with 360 degrees superior sound. The best part for us is that they are safe. So even though you are listening to your favorite podcast, brackets, this one, You never lose track of what's happening around you, which is keeping you safe while keeping you in the moment. So right now, you can check them out at oladance.com backslash TRW. That's O-L-A-D-A-N-C-E dot com backslash TRW and use discount code TRW20 to get 20% off your first purchase. That is an amazing deal. So go check them out, oladance.com backslash TRW, use discount code TRW20 at checkout for trail running women. That's TRW20 at checkout for 20% off. I've been working with Athletic Greens and taking AG1 for quite a while now, and I'm absolutely loving it. I'm also suggesting it to anybody who's trying to get vitamins and minerals into their kids' smoothies, but needs something that actually tastes good. And I think I've mentioned a few times, I have so many pregnant friends, and one of them sent me a note that was like, all right, I need to try AG1 because I just realized I don't have time to blend celery in the morning. So I sent her some samples and she's loving it because it is just such an easy way to get 75 super high quality vitamins and minerals and whole food source ingredients that deliver benefits like mood, immune system, sleep support, sustained energy, and so much more. 
So I take it in the morning, it's the first thing I do, and it is so easy to just throw a scoop in with water, and I really feel like if I'm in a hurry and can't get a full breakfast, um, and sometimes I really can't, even before a run, which I know is not great, but I can't, at least I have this in my system to work off of, and I think that helps me recover from things if I'm not able to eat properly, and let's face it, sometimes that's just hard to do. So if there is a healthy way to cut the corner and get everything that you need, I will do it. So if you want to take ownership of your health, today is a good time to start. Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go to athleticgreens.com backslash TRWP. That's athleticgreens.com backslash TRWP to check it out. So what do you feel like you learned from this? What are, say, your top three things that actually, first of all, let's back up for our listeners. What were the dates of this? So day one was October 16th and we land, I say land (laughs) in New York Um, on October 26th. Okay. So um, still warm there. What's the temperatures like in New York at that time? Yeah. chilly <laughs> yeah i was gonna say it must be yeah, i don't remember it being warm when we stopped yeah it was a little like you know we we're still wearing jackets when we try to walk out and about but um but good yeah. nice running weather i guess because the middle of summer would have been scorching right yeah for sure <laughs> um okay so yes the time this part of the timeline i was wondering is now we're in december this will come out early next year so it's mm-hmm. been a couple of months of kind of recovering and now that you've reflected what do you think your three biggest takeaways that you um that you learned from this i think one of the things i learned early on was i'm just capable of doing this because i came in like you know i came in this from like having what I'd say is regular training cycles where, you know, you have a set number of either time on the feet or miles. And, you know, there's like rest days built into there, um, strength training, all that stuff. So this, you know, completely blew any sort of traditional training, I'd say out of the water. I remember making the comment to one of the crew members is like, we're used to like doing certain blocks and then, and then taking breaks. But this is just like to know that you're going back to back to back that that's not something I've ever thought I would be doing, you know, I thought I pretty much stick to like the traditional training models. So just the, just learning on the go that I can do this, wake up every day and put in like at least a half marathon for days on end, um, felt, you know, pretty good. Um, I, second thing would be, I noticed that I've gained, um, a lot of strength. Like I want to say like the, like aerobic strength, things like that. Um, running does, almost feel easier for me at this point. And I'm excited to like take uh, what I've learned or how my body adjusted from doing that into the next training cycle um, and see how I can uh, uh, train my own skills in that way. And I'd say probably the most important is that it's just possible, you know, and I say that from like a, you know, meeting different strangers, testing your body, overcoming your own um, um, insecurities, like on the go. It's like, maybe it was a situation where we had no choice, you know, but to keep going. But if you kind of zoom out of that too, this can definitely be applied to just regular situations in life when you are kind of feeling like that fatigue and that tiredness and you just need to take a break and kind of say like, okay, I've come this far. Like, what do I need to do to keep going? Yeah. 
Yeah, it's funny with ultra running, especially the lessons are always something that is parallel to your life in general, isn't it? Right. Yeah. So actually, that's a good question, too. I feel like kind of was all over the place with this, but I would like to back up a little bit. Uh, before you took on this expedition, what kind of distance races were you doing? Uh, I was primarily a marathoner. And um, it was after my fourth marathon that I decided to get into trail running because um, I just kind of wanted to see, you know, what were the trails like? What does your body feel like after 26.2? And it was a big learning experience. I remember that first training cycle for my first 50K was just like, it's new terrain, it's new gear. It's like figuring out like the stuff I was eating on the road didn't quite, you know, feel right to eat on the trail. So it's like, yeah, figuring out what, what, you know, how do you switch things up? How do you even train for a 50K? You know, like um, the concept of those kind of back-to-back long runs was very new to me. And I embraced it because I was like, oh, you know, it's going to make me like maybe tougher in the long run. But um, I'm glad I gave myself that experience because, you know, do you, I, you know there, there are those people that just stick to road or just stick to trail. And I love having um, the ability to do both. So uh, prior to this, I had just ran Berlin Marathon in September. Um, so that was marathon number 10 and I had done three 50 Ks total. Oh, wow. Okay. So you kind of came off a marathon directly to this. Yeah. Yeah. Great recovery. <laughs> this was, wasn't it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I took November very yeah, yeah, I hope so. <laughs> I went from like 200 something miles to like 80. Oh, that's, <laughs> I <was> like, <laughs> that's such a nice time though. Right. When you're like so satisfied from everything too. And you're like, oh yeah, this yeah. is just well-deserved yeah. nothingness. So after you kind of have this new outlook of what you're likely capable of, what are your goals in the future? Ooh, I recently decided that I would love to, you know, give myself some new PRs. This whole year was interesting in the sense of like, I really had to um, figure out what my runner's identity was or what it meant to be a runner because I had a lupus flare that kind of took me out of physical activity again, um, made it very difficult to run. So even just leading up to the Berlin marathon was kind of like uh, me trying to get back into it. And so I'm going through all this, these thoughts of this, like, Oh, if I'm not doing distance, am I still a runner? Am I still, you know, all those different thoughts and trying to adjust to life changes at the same time. So I think the confidence from doing this has been helpful and also taking the break last month and coming back, um, feeling better and refreshed. Now, I think I'm really interested in, um, seeing how much further I can go as far as distance maybe, and even how much faster. So I'm really looking, um, in the new year just to hone some of those skills a bit more, like really, you know, do the basics of like just a 5k, 10k going back up to a marathon and maybe another 50k and making it fun again. I think there's a point where I kind of lost the fun feeling, but now I'm super excited to train and I'm super excited to just try new things and seeing where that goes. Yes. That's so funny. We talk about that all the time. Like it's so great to have seasons with running. And I think from a fitness standpoint and just for your body, it's so good too. So you get to do these long trail things in the summer. And then it's so good for your brain and your body to switch and go like, okay, what does it feel like to do some speed work? Especially when the days are shorter Mm -hmm. and darker and colder and you're just like going to the track or something. And then when you start building up your volume, it's exciting again too. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm excited. I feel like I've got a real beginner's mind with this. And I feel like I, I kind of get to start over in a sense and forget, you know, the different, 
accomplishments or things from the past and seeing like, what do I, what do I do now in this stage of life? You know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Bit by bit. And it, so is lupus kind of something, I don't actually know too much about it, that you will just have to manage always. And it kind of will Mm -hmm. shift throughout your life, depending on like what else is going on. And so it's always kind of a learning experience. Yeah, for sure. Cause it's, it's an autoimmune disorder, which means like, you know, your, your body cells attack each other because they they think it's an invader cell. Um, So that can be triggered by, by various things. And it's all about, yeah, learning what triggers you. Like for me, it's as common as it is to say stress is Mm -hmm. a big one. So I'm always super mindful of just like, um, how I'm feeling at the time. Um, so for some people it could be like nutritional things. I recently like, you know, gave up alcohol because it was just a big trigger for me and I wasn't worth being sick over. Um, so definitely management because there's, unfortunately there's no quote unquote cure yet. It is just about, you know, keeping check-ins with your rheumatologist or doctor, um, taking any, any medications that you need. And definitely like being active is, has been super helpful. I feel like I have um, been good for so long because I chose to have an active lifestyle and I choose to eat, you know, as best as I can. So those two factors are definitely, definitely go hand in hand. Yeah. I think that's such an amazing example to set for people when I think there's like this theme and I'm generalizing a bit, but especially with doctors where it's like, if you're hurt a little bit or something hurts to just fully rest and that like that Mm -hmm. might not always be the best solution. Um, Right. Especially right. for, well, I mean, that's something different than an autoimmune disease, but just little injuries and stuff and that you have to keep up kind of mobility or what you can to help the body heal faster. So having more people set that example, I think is good. Yeah. Yeah. So are the six of you guys still friends, you think, for life now? Or how's that relationship post run? Well, you can't you can't disconnect us from something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, yeah, we, I mean, we still have the group chat going. I think, um, there, there will be a documentary coming out, um, in March to align with like, you know, International Women's Day. So we're all super excited for that. Um, every time, anytime one of us kind of does like a throwback to, to the expedition, we're all tagged in it and things like that. But yeah, I mean, I'm super glad to have met all these ladies too. They're just, you know, so different, so capable, um, it's fun to see, you know, what they do outside of this expedition too, but they've been, they were really cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's, that's so cool. Um, so tell us before we finish up here, tell us a bit about your coaching services and how long have you been a coach for and, uh, what kind of athletes you're working with? Yeah, I, I actually got my certification last year and I sat on it for a long time cause I just did not know where to start, how to start all of that stuff. And this year, you know, top of January, I just said, you know what, we're just going to put it out that I want to start coaching and I, um, we'll see what happens. And so thankful that people were responsive throughout the year. And I, I believe I coach between 10 to 13 athletes this year. Um, and it was everybody from couch to 5k to someone doing their like first marathon. So I'm definitely in the realm of um, getting those beginner runners and people maybe returning to the sport after a long time, just because I feel like, you know, it's not just the running that's important. It's like learning all the skills that go along with it as far as like nutrition and um, sleep hydration. Um, so I love working with those people that are are just starting out, but I am expanding to, you know, to more seasoned runners as well. I think as a coach or as a runner, something that held me back in the beginning was like, you know, I've, I, I don't know what it feels like to get a BQ. I've never ran that fast. So 
could I coach someone that fast? And the, like, I totally can now. I believe that um, after having a mindset change, but also gaining more confidence in my own coaching capabilities. Um, and I hope to expand on that next year. Like I'm currently doing another certification course uh, for running as well as a personal training certification, just so I can uh, hold my skills more and bring more to the table for my athletes. Yeah, I think that's awesome, especially the more we're learning about strength training and how it fits in um, with running and injury prevention and all of that stuff. So it sounds like you're doing all the right things. Mm -hmm. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And you learn. Yeah, exactly. That's the goal, right? Um, is there anything else that you want to touch on about this expedition or about your running in general? I hope to see more things like this, um, pop up, particularly with, uh, you know, the statistics we see about women in the sport, especially distance sports too. Um, if this ignites, you know, another storm of just people just wanting to get it doesn't even have to be trail running, just like into running itself. I would love to see that and, and do more projects like this and, you know, be a part of just this environment. Um, so I, I, I really give a shout out to, to Falke for just even having this idea. This is like, you know, something that they, that they do. They, they love to bring um, more women into the sport and tie it around something new and different and exciting. Like yesterday they are a brand, but you know, it's also just like, what they do with their name, you know, that I think other brands could look towards. Um, and in my running, let's say, um, I will start coaching up again next year. Took a little break, you know, after this expedition, but excited to get back out there. And yeah, just excited to be like connecting with so many new people over this expedition and sharing these stories. And it's been super fun. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. They did such a good job of showing this in a way that I think anybody who is curious about running or just starting can look and find traits in all of you that are relatable. Um, Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like six professional runners, which I think just wouldn't have had the same impact. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that's really cool. I mean, I know I've looked, I was just talking to somebody about this. You're absolutely hit the nail on the head as far as distance stuff. Like I was looking at, previous times in a couple hundred mile races that I was interested in. And last year had, you know, 10 women, 12 women out of over a hundred starters. And you're just like, Whoa, like this is still happening. Mm -hmm. So stats aren't great, but they improve very slowly. (laughs) Very, very slowly. I guess I'm always like, Oh, that year seemed better. And then Vancouver is different. I think we have a lot of female runners up here. So I sometimes get a very um, narrow view on what the, Mm-hmm. the split actually is. So as a coach yeah. and as an experienced runner, do you have any words of advice for somebody? Maybe they found this podcast and they're nervous to get started or especially in trails, um, how mm-hmm. to just get started? Yeah, I think I, I have two things to say. One depends what kind of learner you are. Um, if you want to get a feel for things before you just head out, maybe watch a couple of videos, you know, that never hurts to just kind of sit back and watch other runners do what they do just so you can kind of get a feel for it first before you go out and try it yourself. I don't think there's anything wrong with like reaching out to other runners that you may know and asking questions first. Cause maybe, you know, you're, you, you don't know how to get started and you just want to have a little bit more knowledge before you even set foot on the trail. So it's asking questions. It's watching maybe documentaries to, to get that excitement going. I know I for sure watch, you know, running related things leading up to a race day because I want to like kind of hype myself up too. Um, and after that, I'd say is to 
as always, start small. Um, don't think that just because you want to trail run, that means you're it's doing the 50 miles, 100 miles. Like, no, find a local 5K and, ju- and just try that. You know, what I've learned is like, you know, running, <laughs> trail running is so much different from the road running. And for some people, that takes a lot of time to kind of get in their heads. So if it ends up being more of a crash course for you, that's fine. <laughs> if you kind of understand like, hey, this is different terrain. I will be walking. I will be hiking. That's also fine. Just start small, um, build up to whatever distances you feel comfortable with and just be open Be open to, to learning and to finding a different parts of yourself. Wow, that's really good advice. Yeah, I absolutely love that. That's how I taught my kid how to ski, showing him videos. <laughs> um, okay, so last couple of questions. Day 11, when you finish, what was the post massive long run meal that you were looking forward to most? Ooh, yeah, dang! I definitely did. I have a burger that night. I definitely had a burger. That's my go-to all the time too. Yeah, so satisfying. I definitely had a burger and fries. Yeah, I support that. <laughs> and if you could describe yeah. this expedition in three words, what would they be? Exciting challenging, inspiring. Yeah, those are good. Um, Okay, so I'm just going to throw this out there into the universe. I think that Falke should do one on the West Coast. Maybe we can run from Vancouver to LA. Yes, yes. I'll run it. You can run it again or manage it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, if our listeners want to find more of you or find info on your uh, coaching services, where's the best place to find you? Everything is uh, basically under my name. I would start with Instagram, which is just uh, mirae.sene. Um, I have a website that I am building up. Hopefully, it'll be ready um, by February is my timeline. Um, but yeah, everything everything pretty much goes through Instagram. You'll find everything okay, else through perfect. There. Well, I will link to that in the show notes. And thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure and a huge congratulations on accomplishing this. Thank you, Hillary. This is This is so great. Thank you.